Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Alejandra Angulo, sitting in for Lord Candoherty. I'm a journalist living in the beautiful Mediterranean city of Barcelona, but I'm not really from here. I'm on a journey to discover Catalonia, and I hope you can join me. As they say here, the mica mica son la pica. Little by little, the sink fills up. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about culture shocks. And I'm joined by Killian Shields and Gerard Scatch Folk, two experienced travelers. How are you guys? I'm all good. How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very excited about this episode. A Cuban, an Irishman, and a Catalan. I can't think of a better group to talk about how people adapt and cope with new cultures. Full disclaimer here, when we decided to make an episode about culture shocks, we actually didn't know too well how to frame it. So we did a bit of research and we came up with a, with a list, right guys? Yeah, we did. <laughs> After some time, some work and some thinking as well. Yeah, so, and we have you here, Gerard, at Local, to judge if these are misconceptions or true facts. Let's dive into it. Killian, what's the number one in the list? Yeah, probably for me, obviously, coming from Ireland, I think the biggest thing that you notice here is definitely the mealtimes. I think that's one thing that any tourist will always say about, oh, in Barcelona, they always eat very late, don't they? Dinner at like eight or nine or ten. Eight. Eight yeah. is early. Eight is early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone always says, oh, the restaurants don't even open until eight or nine or something like that. And, and it's the same for lunch as well, like you know, you'll normally have lunch maybe at three or four o'clock and sometimes in our job, possibly even later at times. I usually, I wake up like really early in the mornings, around 6 a.m. So at, at midday, I'm already like, I'm, I'm starving. There's this snack part here that comes very handy. Like there's a snack in the morning around, let's say 10. And you can see everyone going for a coffee and for a croissant and to the but bar next next door. But is that after you've already eaten a breakfast? Yes. Or some people both. or some people like surprisingly survive without eating anything since last night. Yeah, Not but that's case. because dinner is so late. And yeah. I've had it before. When I eat a very, very late dinner, I'll just be too full for breakfast the next day. So maybe that's sort of like seeped into a, a vicious cycle where yeah, people aren't hungry and, enough for breakfast. And that's the other thing. I mean, if you have dinner at, I don't know, 10 p.m., then at what time do you go to bed? At midnight, more or less, oh. a couple of hours later. For me, I'd rather some more time to digest my food. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the problem that we have here also. The prime time of TV is also different to the one from like European countries and America because our TV prime time is like starting at 10 p.m. So it's already late and the vast majority of good yeah. shows end up at 1 a.m. So That's insane. I suppose if, if you're waking up at 6, Alejandra, I mean like yeah. 10 p.m. must be very late. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. And I just, I recently, I moved to a new place and I can hear my neighbors having dinner at 11 p.m. at night and watching TV at the same time. So <laughs> by the time that I really want to go to bed, uh, yep, they are there having dinner and I can listen to the whole thing. So 
Well, because this is um, it's summer now and it's different and like people have like later dinners. It happens to me as well during winter. I like tend to eat closer to nine. Really, is that the case? Yeah, because it's Why sunny. Because it's like there's sunlight, so it doesn't feel like dinner already. And like people are tired because it's warm. So you you try to push everything later. And now I have I'm having dinner at ten p.m. ten thirty, even though it's not a huge difference, but still. Yeah. Another one that I think goes kind of hand in hand with the meal times would be the times that you would that you would work, but also go out on on a night out to have a drink or go partying. You know, it's work often tends to go very late. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Gerard, but I think some like especially more old fashioned companies they would offer workers a very long lunch break. Yeah, even if you walk around the street, you can see some small businesses that close from like, let's say 1 p.m. until 4 p.m. Yeah. And you would say, why they are taking nap? Well, I'm generalizing here because I don't take naps. Just first thing. That's another thing that people would say. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Another culture shock that I'm not part of it. Um, I I suppose it's to get like just tasks done, domestic tasks. Maybe it's cook lunch uh, plenty of things exactly and then obviously because you start 4 p.m again or like whatever time you start again then you have to add the other working up afternoon working hours so that you would end up finishing at 8 p.m so and then added to that obviously if you plan on going out for for a night out well i suppose you know if you only have dinner at 10 well then i suppose starting at you start drinking at 12 and then (laughs) you go to the club at 2 a.m i i I just think the whole our whole day is just earlier you know i mean you say like you'd go to the club at two o'clock or something here um like in ireland they would and, close at two and or it's three already, um, and and it's still empty at that time so yeah just yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just it's a different type management i think uh, it doesn't mean that people are less productive or anything it's just they do things like different times i think so yeah. i think so I don't complain. You can leave again if you, yeah. <laughs> you don't find the <laughs> correct. <laughs> it's just a different way of doing it. Yeah. Um, related to the meals as well, though. Um, maybe I'm on my own on this. I don't know what they do in Cuba, Alejandra, but... There's a huge debate, you know, Northern Europe versus Southern Europe, olive oil versus butter. Um, I come from Ireland, where we're used to putting butter on our bread. But, Gerard, well, that I'm does gonna... not happen to you. Oh, no, please. Kill me before. <laughs> what about you, Alejandro? Could I, mean, I, like, could I hope for you to be I mean, like, on I my do, side? I do both. Oi. To be honest. Oi. <laughs> I mean, not at the same time, but it depends. No, that how, would, that how would be feel. a really cultural shock being <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> that would be interesting. I have to say though that it took me a little while, but you know, once I once I first tasted like actually very tasty olive oils, uh, dipping that on my bread, mm. you know, it didn't take me long to, to to be won over by that. But well, I would say the then, reverse. I would say the reverse for you because in Ireland we have real butter that perhaps you haven't tasted. I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, but every time I go abroad, I end up buying olive oil from Spain <laughs> in the supermarkets. So yeah, I keep the, I keep my tradition. Like I cannot cope with butter on bread. <laughs> it's just it's just having a, an open mind to new experiences, Jared. Yeah. That's what I'd say. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
And another thing that we found is, and I thought it was pretty weird, actually, it was staring at public transport. Is that true, Gerard? Uh, I haven't experienced it so far. You haven't experienced someone staring at you or yeah, you haven't that's... been like staring at people? <laughs> no. Because it's different. I don't stare at people on public transport, you crazy... You crazy Catalans. <laughs> well, I... It's because we are more closer here than other places and like it also happens with intimacy from strangers. Like you would hear, like if you go to the supermarket, you would say, oh, I have fresh fish, buy it, Bonita, Bonita, buy it. I have offers. Mm. Yeah, but well, that's it's normal. Similar. Yeah, that's also like normal for me. I mean, I come from a culture, I'm a Latina, so it's not a shock for me when I'm used to being called like even worse things than guapa and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, I've I've noticed the staring on public transport myself, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's maybe coming from Ireland. Like we wouldn't make eye contact with anybody on public transport. You know, we just kind of keep to ourselves a little bit more. And over here, I've I've noticed maybe it's a culture is a bit more direct here. You know, there's, there's less uh, less inhibitions perhaps among among the population, but. Yeah, I've had people like, you know, really trying to work out my life story. Definitely like looking me up and down or, um, yeah, that's something that I've picked up on. Uh, you've never someone, played with someone your friends. Someone is having a good week. <laughs> yeah, you've never played with your friends of like, what does he do for a living? What? Let's imagine. Oh, let's imagine what they are talking about and start doing like. I absolutely making... have. However, if they, if the person that we're looking at, if they look at me, well, then I'm out of there. Like, I'm not going to stare back. You know, if, if they <laughs> notice that I'm staring at them, like, I don't want them to know at all. So, like, I'll act like I never did it. I'll, I'll completely stop. Um, like, God, yeah, no, I couldn't have that confrontation of, of, of them noticing. <laughs> when I'm abroad, like, I still stare at people because I'm used to, but obviously I try not to do it that often because for obvious reasons I can see it's not really well welcomed everywhere. It's, uh, yeah, it can be a little bit uh, uncomfortable perhaps on occasion, but at least we've got confirmation that it's true because you've just admitted to doing it yourself. Do. So we can put this in the true file. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to retract. I'm going to keep doing it at least in Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. If you found Gerard looking at you in the... Say on hi. The, the <laughs> say hi, yeah. say, He's say a very friendly hi. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except if you offer him butter. <laughs> so, guys, do you think that tourists can experience culture shock? Yeah, because when I traveled to Naples, to Italy, they were driving motorcycles without a helmet. So that surprised me because I'm so used to here. Or even if you go to Morocco, you're allowed to smoke indoors. Yeah, I definitely agree that tourists can experience culture shock, but I'd say maybe they'll come into contact more with general curiosities of the of the new culture that they're in, as opposed to things like mealtimes. Obviously, if you're just there on holidays, you can eat whenever you want. You're not uh, limited to your working hours, per se. So you'll only get well, this kind of like surface level. Not really, because... Tourists that come here, they enjoy the they enjoy the extended restaurants, open hours. But when you travel abroad as a Catalan, having weird schedules, you cannot eat anywhere. Like, at, no one's serving food at three p.m. anywhere. Like, that's that's, that's mad. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. could be down to um, just 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 having a closed mind about the culture that you're visiting, and you know you can't expect to go somewhere new and them to play by the rules that you're used to necessarily well, at home. Well, I see a lot of people having 
paellas at 12.30 p.m. in La Rambla <laughs> here, and they don't look Spanish at all. So. Tourism is a big business here now, in fairness. Not quite satisfied yet, we decided to go into the streets of the Catalan capital and ask tourists about their culture shocks. Let's have a listen. We'll be back in a bit. So we decided to stroll around La Rambla here in the heart of Barcelona and ask tourists what culture shocks have experienced so far. Hi, hi, sorry, can I ask you a question in English? Where are you from and what's your name? So we're from Australia, Gabby and Hayley. Have you seen differences culturally? Oh, we were saying it's very friendly here. Very friendly compared to other countries we've been in. I'm Rebecca from the UK. What are the cultural differences between UK and Barcelona? I think they're more family orientated in Spain. So of an evening you tend to take the children out more in the UK. If you want to go to like a, um, a local pub to have a nice meal, it's not really the done thing. So here I think it's just more family orientated, which is nice. Thank you so much. Enjoy your trip. Take care. Bye. Hey, hi. Can I ask you a question? Hi, can I ask you a question? Well, another one that says no, so I'm going to keep walking to see if we have any luck. Hi, do you mind if I ask you a question? Well, the cultural difference is the food, mostly. But um, people are people, wherever they are. They've all got their own likes and dislikes. Well, I've only been in Barcelona for a day, but what's really fun is that most of the cafes here, they don't have iced coffee. Right now I live in the US and I work at Starbucks and I assumed that coffee with ice was the same thing and I ordered it and they literally came to me with a cup of ice and a cup of hot coffee and I didn't know that I had to pour it in. So that's like one of the big cultural shocks that I've had here so far. Well, thank you so much. Culturally, it looks so diverse here in comparison to where we are. Similar in a way, it's a bit of a melting pot. Lots of different cultures, Barcelona and obviously in London. Perhaps a little bit more relaxed here, perhaps due to the heat. But no, it's cool. It's good. Any shocks you've experienced so far? No, actually, as expected. Really cool, chilled out, nice architecture. Cultural differences, uh, mostly the people. Uh, Argentinians have, well, they can be a bit more harsh than Spaniards, but I mean, we're very similar. I mean, we're basically the same, so. People are more friendly. So they are more close, they are more yeah. They're more close and like handshaking everyone. People, it seems like, drink a lot more in the UK. Uh, also, you're a lot better at football and you're a lot more outdoorsy, which is probably because of the weather. We tend to spend a lot more time indoors. Um, yeah, I've got nothing else. I'm sorry. That's more than enough. Thank you so much. Well, turns out that even though we have asked so many people here in La Rambla Boulevard and around the city center, not a lot of tourists are culturally shocked here when they travel to Barcelona. It's probably because they don't spend enough time. Who knows? Let's talk about what a culture shock really is now. When adapting to a foreign culture, 
people may experience a range of emotion from excitement and interest to frustration, depression, and my favorite, fear of the unknown. Just kidding. To know more, we spoke with Francesc Salvador, a psychology professor at the University of Barcelona. Well, yeah, he told me that as people do not live alone and we are part of a society, we have some unique ways of doing things, for example, and also behaving. And one of the things that Francesc Salvador told me is that obviously because we live in a society, we adapt to certain situations that become traditions for that specific society, but obviously they keep evolving and changing until we arrive to a new place, a new society, and we realize that what we were doing unconsciously, now it's completely different and we are conscious that we were doing something different. So yeah, but what happens when you return home? Well, Francesc Salvador talked about the reverse culture shock. And it's when you return to your original country and your original culture, those new habits that you have like adapted in your new society will clash and will collide with the, your former traditions, obviously, because you've never like lost your original culture. You still have like that doubting between is this the new tradition, the correct one? Is this the old one, the one I should do it now? So he also said that it, for him, it's more complicated to go to somewhere else and return than just to remain in that new place. I think I could definitely uh, agree with this. Whenever I go back to my family in Ireland and we organize a dinner, uh, I must admit that, you know, the 6 p.m. scheduled dinner slot it's kind of come slightly it's, early it's, with my adapted metabolism now at this stage. It's becoming a lunch <laughs> dinner slot. Yeah, dinner, yeah, right? yeah, in between. And uh, it's kind of similar as well than when my, my friends want to go to the pub or something and maybe the meetup time would be eight o'clock and I'm like... You know, I'm just in my like normal dinner time at that stage. So like I'm, I'm more my energy levels are maybe a little bit down and, you know, maybe I'll prefer to go out a little bit later. But uh, like I said, you know, you just have to do the norms of wherever you are and, you know, just have to adapt. So Gerard, what's the professor advice on dealing with culture check? So Francesc Salvador, he told me that as Killian just said, like to immerse you in your new culture, to like be part, to take part of the new experience, because that's the best way to surpass the shock and for the shock not to be that strong and for you to remember, oh, it was just at the beginning. But it's this way it will be like something more positive of your adventure and it will make your experience completely different. So he says that for sure it will enrich you. So make sure to immerse yourself into the new culture. Yeah, that's a very good advice. Culture shock is, is just is part of the SPAT experience. I mean, you have the opportunity to live in a different part of the world and experience different cultures and traditions. It's all part of the adventure, actually. My mama once told me that living in different countries is like adding more colors to the soul. Eventually, you will look back on this process with fond memories that will make you laugh and cry. 
So, time now for our Catalan phrase. I'm curious to know what is it this week, guys? Well, I think as the Catalan here, it's my duty to inform you that this week is Allá on Bages, fes el que veges fe. Kilian, any attempts at all? Um, yeah, I think it's like Ayanvajis, wherever you go, wherever you are, um, do do as they do there. Yeah, 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 exactly. More like that. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. I think we've got an equivalent in English. Romans, white Roman, like what? It's just a phrase. No, don't, not, don't think about nice it too to much. No, I'm not. <laughs> it means yeah, just adapt to the culture that you see in front of you. No. Yeah, exactly. Culture shocks. There you go. Yep, that's the best way to enjoy a place. That's all we have time for today. Thanks again to everyone that has spoke with us. Thanks to you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on social media and wherever you get your podcasts. We are back again next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, from me, Alejandra Angul Alonso, and all of us here at Catalan News. Bye for now. Adeu.